Today, though, we start week one of a series we've called Reply All, and uh, that's where uh, we have taken the surveys we received last week at Easter, we've compiled them, and we asked you the question, one of the questions we asked on the survey was, uh, what would you like to hear a message about? And there was different topics, and so we've, we've um, curated that list, and over the next few weeks, we're going to be addressing those popular topics. Uh, Lufkin, you, you responded, Duncan, Dieball, you guys were right there, so uh, here we go. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about dealing with difficult people, people that are, as my daughter would say, extra. Uh, that, that's what we're going to be, be talking about, and uh, we hope that uh, this is going to be uh, an encouragement. Before we jump in, let's just all, let's, let's have a prayer together, okay? All locations, let's pray. Father, thank you that you meet us where we are, not where we should be. And you see beyond where we are to who we can become, what we can do, where we can go. Thank you for preparing a place for us in heaven, but also preparing a future for us right here on earth. And God, sometimes that future and the present can be difficult because we're dealing with problems. And, and those problems sometimes can be people. I pray that you would speak to us today that by the time we leave here, we will have tools in the tool belt that aren't just good, good things for us to do, but are your word applied in our everyday life. We ask it in the name of Jesus, the strong son of God. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So let's start out by this very, very important piece, and that is people are different. Uh, look around. People are different. We've got different looks, uh, different backgrounds, different perspectives, different opinions, different personalities, different tastes, different likes. Uh, we, we are different. And in that difference, in those differences, differences can be difficult. Differences can be difficult. Look, 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 look. I know people, I, I can struggle sometimes with, with people that are different than me because I'm perfect. And when you're different, you become difficult with my perfect life because if you don't line up with what I want, it's, it's very difficult. Anybody ever been there? Uh, ever, anybody ever known somebody like that? We all deal with difficult people. The scripture is not silent on this topic. All throughout the Word of God, the, the, the Old Testament, the New Testament, God gives us roadmaps on how to deal with difficulties and, and the issues that we face in relationships. Because differences can be difficult and because people are different and because people are a part of God's plan. God never meant any of us to go solo. He never meant any of us to live uh, isolated on an island. We are designed for relationship, designed for community, togetherness. And so because of that, we, he gives us scriptures on how to deal with that togetherness because sometimes the togetherness gets difficult. Here's what he says in the book of Timothy to the young pastor. He says, hey, hey, again, I say, Timothy, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. How many of you have ever gotten into something on Facebook? It's like, oh, I'm going to chime in right now, yelling at the top of your thumbs. He goes on to say, no, 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 no. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. 
kind to everyone, be able to teach, and everybody say it, be patient with difficult people. Sometimes the scripture upsets me. Sometimes I get mad because the scripture tells me to live a way that I don't like to live. And so we got to be patient with difficult people. And I'm going to tell you, everywhere you turn, you got difficult people you're dealing with. Some of you are married to that person. Some of you grew up with those people. Some of you call them mom, whatever. But there's all kinds of people in our lives from, from, the, uh, uh, from school to work uh, to home. Uh, here's just a few. You, you got people that are difficult like this person, the bubble buster. You know the, you know the one. Uh, they, they're just out to burst somebody's bubble. You know, man, I just love my job. I'm so glad to be working here. Well, I heard they're going to be laying people off, and you're probably going to be the first to go because you've not been working here very long. Bubble burster, Right? Man, I just, I just loved going to the beach. Man, we had just a great time. We, we, we were hanging out on the beach. We got a tan. You know skin cancer is a very serious issue, and you need to address it when, in your life. I noticed a couple spots on your chin. You know how people are. Bubble bursters. Here, here, here's another one. It is the cold shoulder. <laughs> Anybody got a friend like this? Some of you are this person. And here's the deal. Some of you are the bubble burster. Some of you are the cold shoulder. We, hey, can we talk about that? And it's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, it's silent treatment. The, the, the cold shoulder person. Uh, this last weekend, uh, a uh, very much anticipated movie came out, the Avengers movie uh, and Endgame. And, and this uh, Avengers movie has different characters that we deal with every day, not just in the movies. You got uh, the Hulk, someone who just flips out, gets mad, puts the hammer down. All of a sudden you think they're fine. They're just dressed in their blue jeans and shirt and they rip right out of it and they get so angry. They're difficult people, you know, they're just difficult this isn't this isn't uh, Marvel and, and Avengers, but you got you got Superman. Uh, no, no, it's not Superman. It's people that think they're Superman. Anybody have somebody, a friend that thinks they're Superman? It's like they always they've got a little bit better. They they're just a little bit better than you. Uh, at least they they think that you know. And you tell them, oh, man, I had a great day today, and they say, oh, my day was better. And they just they're just always one upping. They're that Superman that can be very difficult. You got Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman here. Ladies, you, you know Wonder Woman. Uh, you meet up, play date in the park with the kiddos, 9 o'clock, but they have already ran a 10K pushing a stroller and made a batch of candles that just smell so good. And you barely put your hair in a scrunchie. Like, that's Wonder Woman, and they can be difficult to be around. Of course, then you got this guy, and this guy's called Dr. Strange, and, and that's... Enough said. Some of you got some Dr. Stranges in your life. They think they look like this, but actually, when you talk to them, they look more like this. They're just, they're just strange people. I mean, uh, like, like there, there, there are some strange people. And you know, you know, those strange people, when they get saved, you know what happens? They become saved strange people. They're still strange. And so, so here, here's what we like to do. We've got some typical go-to moves when it, when it comes to dealing with difficult people. We've got some go-to moves. When, when you've got something, beyond being funny, beyond being silly, you know, the whole uh, uh, Wonder Woman thing or Superman, um, you, you got people that are like, they, they're pushy. 
and they're demeaning and they say things that that wound and we build up these these uh these these go-to moves if you will these these special like like daniel san and the karate kid he had the he had the go-to move and and we pick up go-to moves when it comes to to dealing with with people in our lives that are crazy and here's here's what we do here's what i can do here's what you can do uh, my go-to moves can be i can curse it in other words uh when when you deal with the tension or quarrel or struggle with somebody, uh, you can curse that thing. So basically, you just verbalize it. You get mad. You 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 go to that same level. You get upset. You talk. If so, if, if if someone who's difficult makes your life difficult, you you just get in there and 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 you just rise to the occasion and become just as negative and difficult. Another thing we do, another go-to move is I can nurse it. It's like. It's a wound, and you carry it, and, 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 and when you carry that around, and you just nurse it, and, and you, you feed it with, um, with, 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 your, with your hurt or bitterness. Listen, listen, bitterness can be around you. It can come at you, but it can't live in you, but we can nurse that, and then as we nurse it, what we do is we rehearse it, and as we rehearse our wounds, as we go over and over what somebody did, what somebody said, what somebody didn't do, what somebody didn't say. All of a sudden we rehearse that. And you know what happens when you rehearse something like that? It gets bigger and bigger. The more thoughts, the more air you give it with talking about it to other people besides the person that hurts you, it becomes this larger thing. That's why families get split up it's why, it's why a, a, a dad won't talk to his son or a son won't talk to his dad. I, I, I uh, w did a funeral a few weeks ago, and I was driving in the lead car uh, with the funeral director going to the graveside, and I, I asked him this question. I said, what's the craziest funeral you've ever had to kind of direct? Like, what's the craziest thing that ever happened? And he began to tell me several different unbelievable stories that I don't have time to share with today but one he said man I'll tell you one was when the dad and the son got in a big old fight and they were knocking the chairs over at the graveside and one of the guys got knocked out cold and was laying there almost looked just as dead as the guy in the casket I was like oh my word like people can get people can get crazy and and here's what happens uh, that happens because a hurt is cursed, that gets nursed, it gets rehearsed, and it builds up to something massive. And so many, so many irreconcilable differences because they were rehearsed and nursed and cursed, rehearsed, nursed, and cursed. What happens is they become detrimental in our relationships. So what we have to do, what we got to do is we can curse it. We can nurse it. We can rehearse it but what we got to do is reverse it <laughs> we got to reverse it curse it nurse it rehearse it no reverse it okay i'm sorry that's that's terrible that was not in the plan 
We got to reverse this thing. We've got to go back to how God calls us to live. Some people say, if you're going to mess with me, I'm going to mess with you. You don't, if you don't like what I'm saying, then you better not get in my way. Don't get on the track when the train's coming through, baby, because that's just how I am. And what I'm saying to you is that is how you are, but it's not how you should be. It's not how Christ has called you to live. If you're a Christian, you are not called to live in these areas. You're called to reverse that trend and begin to not walk gratifying the flesh of what feels good, but walking in a way that is with the Spirit, in step with the Spirit. And the truth is, this is so important because people, people forget this, but I want you, to, want you to write it down now. Here it is. Nobody chooses how I react to difficult people except me. Well, you just made me so, well, I wouldn't have done that if you would have just, nobody chooses how you respond, how you react to difficult people except you. You are, look, 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 if you are sick and tired of people driving you crazy, then you got to stop giving them the steering wheel. If they're driving you crazy, stop putting them in the driver's seat. Because when you allow them to dictate your emotions, you're giving control away of the life that God's called you to live. And nobody chooses that except you. So what is your go-to move? We got to reverse that go-to move. The thing we think, we normally think, well, that's just the way it is. I got this down. I know how to deal with this. You know, it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of one of my favorite movies. Um, several years ago, a movie called Hitch. And the premise of this movie, many of you may have seen it, um, there is a, a love doctor, Alex Hitchens, Will Smith, and, and his profession is he helps like guys like me get girls like Janet, my wife. He, he helps fives get tens. That's what he does. Okay, uh, and the, the, there's a guy named, uh, it's Kevin James, and his name's Albert Brenneman, and Albert Brenneman's a five, and he is in love with a 10 Allegra Cole. And, and so the love doctor uh, gives them tips and pointers and teaches them, trains them on how to, how to approach a level 10. Okay, and so he's talking about, okay, their first date, uh, here's what you wear, uh, here's how you stay interested, here are questions that you ask, and it gets to one of Albert's, uh, one of the things, dancing, and Albert says, no, 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 I got this, I, I, I got this, and, and, and uh, in this scene, uh, we, we figure out whether or not he really has it, uh, I, I, I love this, I love this scene, take a look. Now about the DJ, um, generally I have a firm no dancing policy, but if she asks, you cannot say no. Dancing is the one thing I'm not worried about. But if there are people there and I'm they get to stand uh, and they... I hate to be a stickler, but in, uh, I need to be thorough. Can you, um, show me what you mean by you're not worried about it. Trust me. Peace up! Yeah. Peace up. Yeah. That's what it's all about right there. Yeah. Oh, see how it gets bigger? start the fire, but the feet are going. I start the fire, I make the pizza. Hips are always going with it. 
Can't get enough tip. In there? The Q-tip. Throw it away. That's not working. Hit it with this. Don't ever do that again. Do you hear me? Just expressing myself. No. No. Mm-mm. Not like that, you're not. All right? This is where you live. Right here. You live right here. Okay? This is home. None of this. I don't want to see none of that. I don't need no pizza. They got food there. Six inches from the waist, 90 degree angles. Don't, don't you bite your lips. Stop it. Even a great dancer can lose it with one of these. Okay, see, now that's what I need to be learning. Next subject. Get out. <laughs> this is where you live. <laughs> this is where you live. This is what we got to do. We, it's so easy to have our go-to moves, uh, what the flesh wants to do. The flesh wants us to react. The flesh wants us to do cold shoulder. The flesh wants us to do silent treatment or get mad or just act like dad did when he, got, uh, when he had to deal with difficult people. The way you used to before you knew Jesus, before you got free of some junk, before you accepted Christ as the center of your life, you got to live in a different place. This is where you live. I love that clip. So I'm inviting you to live here. This, this over the, just the next few minutes we have, this is where we should live when we're dealing with difficult people. Because here's the deal. You can spend all your energy being frustrated about why that difficult person won't stop being a bubble burster, and you're missing the whole opportunity for you to become more like Christ. It's not about them being less of a cold shoulder. It's about more of you being like Jesus. So here's how we do that. This, this, is where we, this is where we live. Number one, you gotta realize, so you, just gotta, you gotta learn something now. You gotta realize uh, some, some stuff, and here it is. Number one, I cannot please everyone. If you, if you spend your time trying to make everybody happy, it, it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I want to tell you, that's a difficult task for pastors. I, would, I wish I could make everybody happy. But if I were here to try to make everybody happy here, that would be impossible. Because making someone happy on this side of the auditorium is a different happy than this person on this side of the auditorium. So you, you know what? I cannot make everyone happy. So songs or style or sermons or vision or what we value or what we don't put our focus on 
like I cannot make everybody happy as a pastor. And you know the same as well, that you can't make everybody happy, so you just gotta stop. You can't please everyone. But here's an even deeper truth, and it's this. I cannot please anyone all the time. So it may be, it may be that, that you can uh, uh, please someone for a while, and you can get along for a while, but not all the time. There's always going to be difficulties. There's always going to be trials. There's, it, the Bible says um, not if you ever face trials. It says when you face trials. So there's going to be challenges in your relationships. There, the enemy is out to destroy your relationships anyway, everybody, because he knows that when you can find the right relationships that are Christ-minded and are focused and are moving forward, what do you think the enemy is, is going to do? The, the, the devil is a real enemy. Satan is, is, is an accuser. He is a liar, and, and he, he wants to get at you, and he's going to affect your relationships in order to affect you. So you got to know this. It's going to be a trick of the enemy for you to think that you can make everybody happy all the time. You can't do that. But here's what you can do. You can please God. I'll tell you what, I remember playing sports as a teenager, soccer in particular, and there would be a stand full of spectators, and we were playing, and I, 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 all, people cheering, go do this, do this. But I could always hear, there was a, I could hear my mom's voice or my dad's voice out of all those other voices in the stands. And my dad, get him, buddy, go. My mom, you know, you, you trip a guy on the field. She's like, love him like Jesus, though. Be nice. You know, this is just crazy. Like, it's soccer, mom. Don't be giving us the fruit of the spirit right now. We got to, like, set that aside for a second. But, but it's that voice in the middle of the crowd. You can please God. He's the audience of one. Stop trying to please everybody. You're not going to please everybody all the time. You can please God by living here. This is where we live. Number two, refuse to be easily offended. It's a choice. Nobody chooses how you respond except you. So you've got to choose to refuse. Choose to refuse. Everybody say it. Choose to refuse. Refuse to be easily offended. Offended. Look what the book of Proverbs says, chapter 19. A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. Do you know when you have to respond to every little thing that's difficult, it doesn't show just impatience, it shows a lack of wisdom. That's foolishness. And so when we refuse, Okay, when we refuse to just like get so offended so quick, when we slow down on that, it actually begins to build wisdom in our lives. We want to be wise people, don't we? Refuse to let that happen. Refuse to get easily offended about the little bitty stuff. Number three, watch what you say about them. I mean, you may not, re you may not respond to them, you may be, you know, uh, not, not quick to, to say anything, but you may be saying things to other people. You see, watch what you say about them, not, not to them. Many times people will say a lot more about someone behind them than they do to them. The book of Proverbs talks about this as well. Scripture says, when a fool is annoyed... Okay, because that fool gets so easily insulted, so easily frustrated. They're not wise. Someone who's not wise is a fool. When a fool is annoyed, he quickly lets it be known. 
Wise people, though, will ignore an insult. Quickly, quickly lets it known. Quickly let, 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 lets it happen. And the Bible even says, be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to become angry. Let me give you one more in Proverbs 17. Now, disregarding another person's faults preserves love. When you can just kind of table that difficulty with the person, that, that, that struggle, that, that annoyance that gets under your skin, when you can just disregard that, it preserves love. Again, this is what happens in families, that they just let things, they just let that in-law, they let that mom, they let that dad, they let that sister, uh, they let that ex interfere with what's next and, and disregard it. You can preserve some love when you do that because gossiping about them separates close friends. Close friends, gossip. If you have ever, if you've ever had to say, uh, don't tell them I said this, but don't, 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 don't tell them I said this. That is a precursor to gossip. It, you may say, oh, I was just concerned or I was just talking about it, I was just talking out and I wouldn't want it to get back to them. If you don't want something to get back, that is, those are seeds of gossip that can hurt people. So you gotta, you gotta be careful with what you're saying when you're dealing with difficult people because it, it's gonna happen and this is where you live. Number four, I know it'd be fun, but don't retaliate. Do not retaliate. Oh, they said that about me? Well, I'm gonna say that about them. They, 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 they think this? Well, I'm gonna make it known on Facebook. I, I love these vague posts people put about, you know they're talking about you know, their ex-husband or whatever. And they're like, some people just don't understand. Some people just like, and then everybody's like, you go, girl. Or, oh, I know what you mean. Oh, get them, get them. Don't retaliate. Stop it. Don't. That's not me saying it. It's God saying it. First Peter, the Holy Spirit through his word says, don't repay evil with evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Don't do it. They say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, your mama, don't do it. Don't do it. In fact, the scripture doesn't stop there. It says, it says, don't repay evil with evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a what? What do you think it says? Pay them back with a nasty text? No, that's not what scripture says. It was a few years ago that the Bible was written. There wasn't text messages back then. Instead, maybe pay them back with what? A, a, a silent treatment? No, 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 no. Oh, you know what? Hey, pay them back with a throat punch. Yeah, that sounds good. It, feel, it seems like it'd be good until, you know, the cops show up. Don't do that. What, so so what, is, what, is, what does Peter put right here? He says, pay them back with a blessing. Pay them back with a, with a blessing. Oh, that's how Jesus is. They beat him, crown of thorns, nails onto the cross. Father, forgive them. Forgive them. And he blesses us with salvation when they were insulting him. This scripture goes on to say, see, that is what God has called you to do. And when we do this, he will grant you his blessing. Do you know? that you are missing out on some blessings in your life. 
if you are trading insults with people. There are blessings in God's hand for you that, that you are not receiving because you are instead insulting, instead being frustrated, instead doing your own thing to curse and nurse and rehearse. And he says, if you'll bless them, I've got blessings that nobody could ever give you. They're my blessings. You know what else we need to do? If we really, we really want to be where we should be when it comes to dealing with difficult people, you got you to gotta look beyond your own world. This is a challenge for us to um, get beyond ourselves, you know, get over yourself, as that person would say, that's a difficult person. There's actually some truth to that. You do need to get over yourself a little bit. Here's what scripture says. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, one man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. Everyone? Yes, everyone. He included everyone in his death so that who? Everyone could also be included in his life. And it's a far better life than people ever lived on their own. Because of this, because of this thing, this inclusion of, of Jesus on the cross and in his life, because of this, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look because we actually looked at the Messiah that way once and we got it all wrong. People looked at the Messiah, it, isn't that just the carpenter's son? Oh, that's just, that's, who, who is he? Just a simpleton from, from Bethlehem. Now, we certainly don't look at him that way anymore, do we? See, Let's take some time to look beyond our own world and remember that we're all fallen. We're all sinners saved by grace. Uh, if we've asked Jesus to cover us, then we're, we're Christians that are saved by grace. Paul goes on to say, here's what we do now. We Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with, Christ, with the Messiah, anyone, any bubble burster united with the Messiah, they get a fresh start. Any crazy maker in your life, they get a fresh start. They're created new too. They deserve a fresh start. The old life is gone. A new life burgeons. It, it, it bursts forth. It germinates. It flourishes. Paul says, all this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him. We were difficult people. We are difficult people when it comes to the Messiah. And he then called us to settle our relationships with each other. He settled his relationship with us. Now we settle our relationships with one another. And you know what? Settling that, some of us say, okay, I'll settle it when they come to me. When, when they're ready to, to talk and parlay and, and then make this thing happen, I'll, I'll be ready. They know my number. My number hasn't changed. They know where to find me. I've lived in the same place. They, 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 they can catch me on Facebook. Actually, they can't. What I want them to do is catch me outside. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's stupid. But they, they can catch me on Facebook. No, they can't because you block them, all right? So you can't wait for them to take the first move. In fact, do this, number six, don't wait for an apology to forgive. Some of you waiting, look look at me, look at me everybody right here, look, 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 listen, listen. Some of you are waiting for an apology that will never come. It'll never happen. And that hurts and that's tough. But you don't have to wait for an apology to be free from that hurt. When we live in unforgiveness, it's like we attach ourselves to that wound. 
and that's cursing and nursing and rehearsing. But we, 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 we choose to forgive even if we don't have the apology. The book of Colossians, chapter 3, you must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. You must. It didn't say, hey, you might want to just kind of maybe think about this. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. But they don't know, they don't know what they did. They don't even know what they did to me. Yeah, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus models that to us. Finally, number seven. This is where we live. Okay, we got to realize you're not going to make everybody happy, but you can refuse to gossip. You can refuse to go down to that same level. You, you can make sure that things are, that, 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 that you are choosing your words wisely and not being foolish with your words, but you got to take not just the high ground, the high humility ground. This is not easy. If it were easy, people would do it with ease. It's not easy. Humility is a challenge. Humility is something you do. You don't pray for humility. You do it. You humble yourself. You, you begin to think not less of yourself, but you think of yourself less. Humility is the hallmark of Christ's followers. Can I say something to you? If you're listening to here, and you're, you're, you know, you're dipping your toe in the water of church, Timber Creek, you name it, investigating the claims of Christ. You've not asked Jesus to be the sinner and savior of your life. You don't have to do anything that I've said this far. You don't have to do a thing. I think your life would be better. It would be better. But you don't have to do a thing. But as Christians, as Christians, if you've said, Jesus, be my Lord, be my savior, you cannot opt out of these characteristics. You can't say that works for them, but they don't know my wound. Yeah. Everybody's called to live here. Paul says in Romans, would you ask God to bless those who persecute you? That's a, that's a hard request. But could you? Could you, could you? Could you ask God to bless those who persecute you? And just, just in case it wasn't clear enough, the scripture goes on to say, yes, yes. Ask him to bless, not to curse. Maybe you've got someone in mind as I've been talking. You are maybe even rehearsing an old wound or a recent one. But can we figure out a way to really truly put in God's hands these wounds, these hurts, difficult people that just drive us bonkers. You know, I've given you about 14 different scriptures today. For 14 scriptures on what Jesus says. God's word, God breathing his word to us. It's his word, not mine, his word. So let me finish with this question right there on your notes. Finish with this question right here. Is it ever a good idea to ignore God's direction in my life? Is it ever a good idea to take scripture and hear it, listen to it, chew on it, 
and then ignore it? Can I tell you that the answer is no. It is never a good idea. And here's what Jesus says. Here's what, here's what, here's what his spirit says through his word. If we will live this way, not going to be easily insulted. It's where we live. We ain't, we ain't going to be making problems with people. People got enough problems of their own. We're just going to live right here. We're going we're gonna to be watching our words. We're not going to be trying to make everybody happy, right? The Word of God says that there are actually special blessings and there are promises for those that figure out how to follow this way, how to truly live this way. And here's what it says in Proverbs. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, when we're following his word, not ignoring it, but following it, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. So it's not about changing the difficult person. At the end of the day, it's about you following God. And, and if you will, if you'll follow him that way, following him is pleasing. And he can make even your enemies, even the bubble burster, even the, even the crazy maker. You can live at peace. Let's pray. Would you close your eyes here, all locations, nobody moving around. Just, I want to start by saying, maybe you're here and truth be told uh, you're not living at peace you've got some enemies you, you you've got some trouble and I want to just first ask you have you invited Jesus to to be your savior have you invited him to be the center of your life and live not with him as a compartment, as a side thing, as something that's like, you know, uh, a good thing to think about, like, like, a, like a, a, a rabbit leg for good luck. But is he your savior? Is he your Lord? Can you lean on him and not your own understanding? If you've not done that today, I wanna give you an opportunity to do so. If you say, Jeremy, I, I need to ask Jesus to be my savior. I need to ask him to be the Lord of my life. Maybe for the very first time, maybe for the first time in a long time, but it's time for me to lean in and stop leaning on me and start leaning on Jesus as my Savior and Lord. If that's you, just put a hand right up in the air, right across all of our venues. In your own words, you'd simply say it like this, Jesus, I surrender to you. You know, I've been difficult for you wanting my own way, doing my own thing. But yet you've always loved me and you didn't insult me and you didn't turn a cold shoulder on me. You've always been there and I thank you, Lord. Be my savior, guide me, help me with what's next. You are who you say you are and I wanna give my life and my future to you. In Jesus, Heads bowed, eyes still closed. I asked, uh, I read a scripture a moment ago, ask God to bless those who persecute you. Can we do that? Father, there are some of us here that have wounds that are very deep because someone has hurt them. Somebody who's just, there, there's a difficulty, a tension, a wedge in a family. 
So God, instead of thinking about what we're going to say next time we see them, can we just pray blessings upon them now? Would you, would you bless their health and their job? God, there's something in them probably that causes them to be that way. Lord, would you, would you show that and speak to them so that they can get healing and freedom? Lord Jesus, we, we ask that you would, you would um, help us find ways to identify our own difficulties that we show other people. That, that, that we would find accountability and vulnerability with friends and say, hey, how am I doing? What, is there anything I can do better? And that God, through community and relationship, we would become the kind of men and women you've called us to be, that we would live right in the middle of your word, following after you, being led by your spirit. May that be where we live. In Jesus' name.